and welcome to Is This Good? The show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello! Hi, JD. Lovely to have you with us. Um, Long-time listeners to the show will know that I'm not in my apartment right now. I am at my grandmother's house. Oh! And if you have been listening, (laughs) you know that the biggest danger we might face is that a fax might come through during the show. Um, If that happens, we'll just all pretend we're in 1997 and just let it slide. And you know today's guest from being a big-time Hollywood writer who has a brand new movie coming out called Champions. What's Champions? It's a sports comedy directed by Bobby Farrelly of Dumb and Dumber and Something About Mary. I'm listening. And starring Woody Harrelson from White Man Can't Jump and Kingpin and Zombieland. Go on. And it's coming to theaters this Friday, March 10th. Ladies and gentlemen, he had your curiosity, but now he has your attention. It's Mark Rizzo. Mark, welcome to Is This Good? Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's an incredible introduction. Like, I need you to be on the press junket for the film all the time. And I, look, you know... I really appreciate the profound dishonesty you you employed when you describe me as a big time Hollywood screenwriter that people know, because you know uh, I, I'm you know I, to use some no dunks parlance I'm jag bad I'm just a guy being a dude you know I, 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 I'm just, sorry I'm, guys being dudes don't have their own IMDb pages Mark I, well I guess I guess yeah I've had an IMDb page for a minute but I haven't had a movie so I'm really grateful for that this is a really big deal for me and I'm just I'm really proud of the work and I'm just so grateful that you guys are allowing me to promote it a little bit here but more than that you know what's great about like being like now allegedly a big time Hollywood screenwriter is I can leverage it to do fun shit like this. So that's the whole point. Like, really, so you truly, wrote this movie to be on this podcast. It in, is, in a sense, that's kind of sad. I have to tell you. No, it's just the longest and worst con. I am playing the worst <laughs> long game in history. No, I used to joke when I came out here that like all I really wanted to do when I came to LA was to um, get a good enough entertainment career to be in the entertainment league, basketball league. That I think happens at, at, at then Staples now. Fucking crypto. Um, but um, sorry if they're a sponsor. Uh, but <laughs> no, they, they are, but they know they're bad, so it's okay. <laughs> Good, yeah, they should by now. So no, really and truly, like I was like, it is. I'm only half joking when I say that like my career as a screenwriter and my prior career as an actor was really a long con just to get into more interesting pickup games. Like, I'm really like, hey, if they're listening, I really want to get into the, um, I think it's the now Sasha Baron Cohen game that he took over from the late, great Gary Shandling. Like, I want to be right, in that I game. Heard, oh, that's a legendary, the Shandling game you always heard about. It, it was like Sarah Silverman yes. and um, all kinds of great comedians. Uh, and now you're telling me that Sasha Baron Cohen is the steward of this league and they play in in an arena? No, 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 no. That that was like that's like a pickup game and I, I don't know where they played the Shandling game. I think they probably played the Shandling game at his home. At his house from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And I um I want here's here, brush with greatness. I once had a meeting at Sasha Baron Cohen's uh pool house. Not his home, okay. but his pool house with his uh, his producer. And from there, I saw his tennis court that has a basketball hoop at the back of it. And that's where I, th- I think he, that's where I learned that that's where the game had migrated to. 
Interesting. And if you guys want to like um, go to his house, the address is. Let me find my. <laughs> hey, a lot of people come on here and name drop. Not a lot of people come on here and address drop. So we do, we do appreciate that. I'm here to dox the stars. <laughs> I, I must say, I'm, I'm disappointed to hear that this game, this famous legendary game, the Shandling game, the Silverman game, I believe Apatow goes there. Yeah. Is it's a half court game? There's only one basket. Are you? Is this? Rizzo, is this true? I cannot confirm. I, my memory is a little cloudy. I was sitting in a spot. I was trying to pitch a movie. Um, I, you know, that was many years ago. This movie still sits on this computer untouched and unproduced. But um, but I've got one, like, I got one now. Um, and uh, I got one with Woody Harrelson, which is really cool. So That's take that, awesome. Sasha. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's get to that movie. Let me give you a brief, not you, let me give the listeners a brief synopsis of the movie. Uh, a former minor league basketball coach, played by Woody Harrelson, finds himself in legal trouble, is ordered by the court to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities. He soon realizes that despite his doubts, the team can go further than they ever imagined as they find themselves competing for a spot in the Special Olympics. So this movie is based on a Spanish yeah. movie called Campeones. Am I saying that right? Probably not. See, si? Campeones, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, no, you know, yes, yours. It's Campeones. Yes. Correct. Okay. So Campeones is itself based on a true story. So did you, had you seen this movie or heard about this story? Is that how you got involved or did someone present you this project? It was, it was uh, presented to me and um, well, I, I, I got a new agent. And I went in for one of those, like, hey, um, let's get to know you. And then, uh, you know, then we'll, I'll, let's, let's get to know each other face to face and then I won't see you. We'll be a disembodied voice on the phone for the next 10 years. And I just, I said, one thing you should know about me is that I'm, I'm crazy about basketball. And just, just know that. And she, um, uh, the great Darian Lanzetta, uh, handed me a... Uh, uh, the movie Campiones and said, you know, they're looking for someone to adapt this for um, an English language um, audience. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, I took a look at the film and it's, it's really funny. And the cast is extraordinary. Um, and I was instantly taken by it and I went in and like everything, I had to fight for it. So I had to go in and pitch, pitch on it and pitch my take on it. And um, I remember walking out of the meeting and saying, I, there is no way on God's green earth that I got this job. And then I did. And that was in 2018. So I started working on this like in late 2018. One thing I was wondering is in the movie, we're not going to give anything away. People can go see it, but I don't think it's, it's spoiling anything to say that as in many sports movies, there's at least two scenes that I can remember where there's professional sports broadcasters talking about what we're seeing in the movie, both to give a little exposition and, and to sort of cement it and say, hey, this is real. This is actually <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. And those sports broadcasters are Jalen Rose and Scott Van Pelt. So I have to ask you, why not no dunks? Oh, my God. <laughs> be, be, well, you know, really, the, the, the actual answer is that I'm working on a second basketball movie that will be deeply... Um, deeply stoked in the lore of, of no dunks. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I, I started writing this basketball comedy. I was like, you know, you have to name your characters. And I'm just like, uh -huh. I think I'll just like pull names from all the no dunks dudes and just mix them up. So there's like a Nora Kirby in there. There's a Trey Elder. <laughs> nice. So we got a, don't a worry. Uh, oh, let's do it. Let's do a Matt Doyle. 
Let's do um, a Jason Austin. Oh, that's actually Jason. Jason Austin. Like Jason Austin. Jason Austin's hot. Jason Austin fucks guys. Okay. Okay. For sure. And so does Jason Doyle, to be honest. But, uh, I've heard. I've heard. I don't know. I think. I think I'm only bringing down the average. I'm not. I'm not bringing anything to the table. So you're sitting down to write this movie. I assume you've got a stack of sports movies that you're watching to inspire you or to take notes on or to see what you can improve on. Is that the case? And if so, what movies were you watching? Okay. I avoided watching any more sports oh, movies. You went the other way. I went the other way because I have ingested them. Like those tropes are so like bone deep, right? I think really the one I watched because it, I think, you know, they're, it's probably the most dead on comp was Mighty Ducks. I was like, all right, I just want to make mm-hmm. sure like I, um, I don't just one for one copy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you like, look, the movies that you can compare this to like Bad News Bears, is a great comp for this and they just i was just at um the premiere in new york which was a completely surreal experience and amazing and they unveiled a new poster there and it's like it's that hand-drawn animation like the the old 70s bad news bears poster And i was like you guys nailed it this is perfect um it really gives you the feel of it because like you know how bad news bears like Man, you watch that movie, the original movie, like things look like rough and gritty and shitty. It doesn't look like sunny L.A., you know, and that's kind of like I'm really selling the movie hard here. This movie looks shitty. No, like it's it's set in it's set in Des Moines, Iowa. And apologies to Des Moines, Iowa and all the listeners from Des Moines, Iowa. But I wanted it to be a place where if you are um, a professional basketball coach and you have aspirations to coach in the NBA, it's a place you want to get out of. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, well, now now I'm also doubly insulted because it's filmed in (laughs) Canada's own Winnipeg. So so now you've insulted two cities and two countries. All we've done is employ countless talented, talented Canadians in this film, including members of the basketball team. I I want to say Alex and Tom are both um, Canadians and we did a lot of great local casting. So, um, and Winnipeg doubled really well for Des Moines and it was, I did not get to go to the shoot because it was, um, COVID times. And so Mm -hmm. I was doing production rewrites from this very desk, um, and sending them off to the guys on set in Winnipeg. Wow. It's like, it's like seeing where Hemingway wrote his novels. (laughs) It's right. Yeah. I can, I can pick this up and show you around the, oh God, I almost spilled my coffee. Got it. It's it's amazing that you're zooming us from a typewriter. I don't know how that works, but it's, it's impressive. It's a uh, it's a modified Olivetti. Yeah, Mark, you probably uh, dodged a bullet there because it looked fucking cold in Winnipeg for that shoot. That whole movie, they looked freezing. They were. There were you gave it up right away. When, well, they gave it up right away when Woody Harrelson is standing outside of the house and there's a no frills right behind him. Which is a supermarket, oh. a Canadian supermarket. Oh, so no, like, no way. I don't think we're in Des Moines there, guys. Uh-oh, looks, looks like someone's about to be adding to the goose section of the <laughs> Oh, it's already there. there. It's already there. Uh, all right, Mark, before we get going, a quick bit of housekeeping. Unfortunately, the podcasting pyramid hit some snags in the permitting department. Uh, they're just not sure it's structurally sound. They said it might be too pointy. Can you believe that, J.D.? Right. A pyramid's yeah. too pointy. These bureaucrats, they don't know what they're talking about. They're ruining everything. So (laughs) in the meantime, email us topics at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, review us on Apple Podcasts, and then please 
Get off your phone. Jesus, live your life. <laughs> Speak to a human. Make a genuine, authentic connection. Build confidence. Grow intimacy. And then as soon as you do that, say, ha ha, you fool. I never liked you. I was only pretending to gain your trust so I could recommend the Is This Good podcast to you. Now, that person will seem mad, but secretly they will thank you for reminding them that the world is a cold, dark place and that podcasts are our only true friends. All right, Mark, the premise of the show is very simple. I'm going to give you a topic and you tell me if it's good. Here we go. First topic, Mike P. asks, hypnotist shows, are they good? So... What I'm talking about here is not uh, some sort of doctor or therapist trying to train you to, to quit smoking, sure, but sure. like uh, a show you might see at summer camp or on a cruise where someone's got a, a pocket watch and he's swinging it and he's making you cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog. Um, my first question would be, have you ever witnessed one of these shows and have you ever been hypnotized? Well, that's a tough question because... I, I, my answer is no. However, how do I know that I was not hypnotized at a hypnotist oh, show at some point in my life? Point. And that going yeah. forward, I was told to act like a douchebag screenwriter. And, <laughs> you know, and here I am. That is a good, that's a good hypnotist. Maybe he could train me to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, I have never witnessed in person a, a hypnotist show. But I am firmly in the good column on this one. Number one, mm. I support all live performance. <laughs> right? Okay. Like, let's get out. Sure. Let's buy some tickets. Let's be humans yeah. in rooms together. Right? Yes. Uh -huh. And if I get to watch you cluck like a fucking chicken, like, what's not to like about that, honestly? I have yeah. observed one of these hypnotist shows at summer camp. Oh, okay. And I, re I remember that after uh, our counselor had gotten pulled up and he, you know, made an ass of himself much to the delight of the audience and and in the bunk later everyone was like were you really hypnotized yeah and he was like yeah yes i was and then everyone kind of left and i was like dale level with me here <laughs> you weren't really like in a trance were you he's like yeah i i was i was like come on i, I persisted so much that he was finally like no of course not like <laughs> And I was like, then why, why do you do it? He's like, well, I guess the way it works is they make you feel bad for not doing it. Like, you're going you're gonna to ruin the show for everyone if you don't cluck like a chicken. So you just do it. And everyone's laughing. And you feel good that you're getting laughs. And that's how it works. And, and I don't know if you've seen it. Like, they have a selection process where they'll bring up, like, let's say 20 people on stage. And they'll, he'll do, like, quick little exercises with people. And he'll... You know, he, the hypnotist is skilled, I would say, at reading body language. And they'll know right away, like, this person seems resistant to me. They're not into it. And they're going to be less likely to go along with what I ask them to do. So they actually mm -hmm. just find people that are seem to be willing to go with the flow. And I think, again, I'm not a scientist, but I do think that's basically how this works. Yeah. JD, have you ever had any experience with hypnosis? No, I haven't. Um... Would you like to be hypnotized? No, I wouldn't, but <laughs> now you're making me think that it's just not real. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, you thought it was just, real? Well, I don't know. I guess not, but maybe. I don't know. I feel like we are working at your childhood issues around the time you found out that um, Schmanta Schmaz, if there are any children listening, <laughs> Schmanta Schmaz was not real. 
Like, yeah. this feels very personal. Like, I, I totally think these guys can do it. Like, I, I, if if they can hypnotize someone, I think my, I think my wife was actually hypnotized to stop smoking. I think that's how she did it. Or she saw a therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, she has not smoked in, like, 20, 25 years or something like that. So I think the shit works. Wow, I think it's real. she should light up to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> you can send her a pack. I was actually once hypnotized, like, not in a show, not for oh. entertainment purposes, but... Um, by a apparently a real hypnotist. Okay. I don't know. I I was this is what must have been a good twenty years ago. I was traveling. I was in Vietnam actually on a train in a sleeper train. So there was four beds, and mm-hmm. it was me and uh, the friend I was traveling with, and then um, a husband and his wife. And we get to talking. He was French. He says he's a hypnotist. I'm very curious. I start asking him. He's like, I could put you under if you want. I'm like, here on this train. He's like, yeah. And uh, I think it it did work. Like, it, it didn't work in the sense that, like, I mean, it's so lame. But I remember, like, you know, he was doing the counting exercise. And I felt so relaxed. Like, mm. I was awake, but I felt more relaxed than I'd ever been. And I think I literally said, he was like, how do you, how do you feel? And I think I literally said, I just feel like love is is all around me. <laughs> What a loser! Were you high? <laughs> wow! No, I wasn't even high. I, I just, I think you know the, the the travel and just got to me. I got swept up in the moment. I mean, wow. when I got off the train, all the money in my bank account was gone. <laughs> but um, worth it. I would say. I just that's payment. So you've had two two experiences. One that has turned you into a skeptic of hypnotism. And one where you were the subject and it worked on you. So do you feel deeply, con- where do you fall on this in terms of like, yeah. not is this good or is this not? Is like, is this real or is this bullshit? <laughs> I think they're both good. I think like when you're performing for people, it's fun, especially for kids. It's, yeah. it's a good show. Um, does it work for real? I don't know, but I think it's good just because it's one of those things that maybe like, the power of suggestion uh, makes it work. You know, mm-hmm. like it could be a placebo effect, but like your wife as an example, she stopped smoking that. That's good enough for me. I think we've written the scientific papers. We've done the double blind studies. <laughs> I say it works. Mm. As you know, we poll the people before the show. 79% of people say hypnotists are not good. Really? <gasps> well, what was the question? Did you say hypnotist shows or? Yeah, hypnot- I did say hypnotist shows. Okay. okay. But the people are haters. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right. Next question. Mark, making your bed every morning. Is this good? Making your bed is something we all have to deal with. I'm sure you've seen this viral video. Maybe you haven't. I don't no. know who it is. I could have looked it up, but I didn't bother. It's some like admiral or something and he's giving like a commencement address and his big insight is like let me tell you the one rule to have a successful life make your bed every morning it'll give you a sense of accomplishment and then that one task will lead you to doing other tasks and accomplishing more things do you believe that admiral or is he full of shit (laughs) i really believe that admiral Oh, you do believe I that. do. I do. I'm a bit of a positive Pete and a goody two-shoes on this one. I am in a room with a very tightly made bed. It may speak more to my issues around control. 
Um, but, but, but I have found, I have found that, um, making my bed every day makes me feel like, I don't know, it, it, it does set the tone for me. Life is messy. Mm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you now. Like life is really messy. Like if there is one thing, right. how many, look, I, I love doing the dishes. I love doing the dishes, like dirty dishes. And that now they're clean. Like that is some shit I can accomplish in life. There's so many things like, look, it took five years to get this movie made. I've been out here like slugging away for many, many years. Mike, I started screenwriting full time in 2005. It's messy. It's hard to accomplish yeah. anything. It's like it's a miracle that anything gets made in Hollywood. If it's remotely good, it's like a double miracle. You know, and so like to have something in your life where you can just like accomplish a simple task and get that sense of accomplishment and carry it forward. For me, it is unequivocally good. That, that is a, a beautiful sentiment, but unfortunately you are wrong because <laughs> okay. scientists say that the healthiest thing you could do is leave your bed unmade so that the sunlight, which I've heard is the best disinfectant, <laughs> will kill all the mice. Oh, get out of here. No, I'm sorry, JD. You could look that up. Uh, yeah, I rarely make it, but I do like it to be made, you know, <laughs> when I arrive at the end of the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? I just got back from All Star uh, in Utah, and I made my bed in a hotel room every day, Mark. Every wow. day I made my bed. I don't get my room clean anymore. Uh, I can't. I recycle the towels. If it's just me, I, I usually don't like to get my room clean. And plus, you know, we got gear in there and stuff. But I always made my bed when I got up, and it was really nice to come back to the hotel and you know get into those nice mite-filled sheets. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's not good because what? if I think about it, it fills me with pure like existential dread. This idea of you make it, then you mess it up, then you make it, only to mess it up today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life. It is, it is like the most um, direct and obvious Sisyphus pushing the boulder <laughs> up the hill. Um, so I say, I say, if you can make your bed by pulling one corner of it up, you know what I'm saying? If you can pull like one corner of the blanket and it'll go up, I don't mm -hmm. think you need to make it. Because then but right when you're about to get into bed, you just pull that up. If it's super messy, maybe. But I say save yourself a lifetime of mite bites. Save yourself <laughs> a lifetime of lower back pain from bending over and lifting the mattress to put the sheets underneath it. And don't make your bed. And... Only 45% of America agrees with me. 55% of people say making your bed every morning is good. So yeah. you yeah. guys are, are right, and I'm, I'm in the minority. Listen, a Sisyphus never got anything from the rock, right? You're, you're climbing into the bed. You're enjoying the bed for eight hours, hopefully, and then you get out mm -hmm. of the bed, and then you make it. Sisyphus was just pushing a rock. He never got a benefit. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Sisyphus never had sex on that rock. That's exactly right. No. He never got to read a, a cool story that he instapapered. He, ne he never read a long read on the rock. <laughs> That's right. That's he true. never liked an Instagram video on that rock. And in the spirit of brotherhood and unity, I'm going to meet you halfway on this one, Matt, and say that from my paradigm about life being messy, maybe 
The psychologically healthiest thing you can do is acknowledge that life is messy and just let your bed be messy and just live with mm. that. Mark, when people need help navigating life's biggest decisions, when they're lost, confused at a crossroads, they seek our wise counsel and we deliver an airtight verdict. It's time to settle this. A reminder, if you need advice or you found yourself in a quandary or a pickle, email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Tell us what's going on. We're going to help you, just like we're about to help this person. The email goes as follows. Hey guys, I recently bought tickets to see a singer at Montreal's Place des Arts, a seated, relatively small theater. I was sitting in the fourth row, pretty close to the stage. Sitting right in front of me was an old man pointing his phone at the singer. Not only did this person have their phone at max brightness, blinding me and everyone around me, <laughs> but he was recording each song as a WhatsApp voice note. Ugh. I got really annoyed, so I tapped him on the shoulder and asked if he could turn the brightness down. He apologized, looked embarrassed, and put the phone back in his pocket. A few minutes later, the singer finished her final song, bowed to the audience, and then thanked her father for being in attendance. It was, of course, the man I had just scolded. He then stood up and got a huge applause from the crowd. Her dad is also a famous singer. I just hadn't oh. recognized him from the back of his head. Walking out, I'd never felt smaller or more embarrassed in my entire life. When I told the story to my friends the next day, they all laughed at me, told me I had a stick up my butt, and said I shouldn't have bothered the old man in the first place. Please settle this. Was I right to speak up? Or should I have kept my mouth shut? Thanks to the laughs, Muhammad. I mean, there's so many things I love about this email. First of all, I am currently in Montreal right now. I've mm. been to Place des Arts, so I can visualize what this guy's talking about. I also love that in the email, even after he says, oh, it turns out that guy was like a famous singer, in the final paragraph, he still calls him that old man, <laughs> which, yes. I really, which I really like. I did, I will say, because maybe your first question is going to be, well, who is this singer with a famous father who's also a singer? I, I emailed Muhammad to ask him. Oh. Muhammad did not get back to Come me. Come on, Muhammad. Okay? I gave him ample time to respond. Well, I know who not... it was. Oh, who is it? It's Miley Cyrus, and it was Billy Ray. I only on. I can't understand why he didn't recognize the mullet from behind. Though. <laughs> okay, okay, you're, okay. You're having a laugh. This is serious, JD. Mark, let's start with you. Was he right to do this, or were his friends right that he had a stick up his butt and he shouldn't have said anything? I have examined Muhammad's metaphorical butt, and I found no sticks. <laughs> no sticks. No sticks. He was right. He's okay. Proud. Look, a, I, I, I am a proud parent. I'm a very proud mm -hmm. parent. I wouldn't in a million years wild out like that in a theater. Number <laughs> number one, number one, like, d don't they make announcements beforehand? Like, no recording? A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and this is a fancy theater, by the yes. way. This isn't like, just like a, a, a dive bar venue. We're not in the middle school auditorium. This isn't Annie, right? Right, right. We don't, we're not using like a stuffed animal for the fucking dog. Like this is like legitimate you're, you're, theater. Your seven-year-old son's not wearing a bald cap and playing Daddy Warbucks, okay? Correct. I know that's cute, and you want to take a video on your Sony camcorder, but this is the big league. Holding the fucking iPad up. What? Oh, what, what why don't you just hold a don't billboard? Get me I know, JD. You have kids who perform music. It must be a fucking nightmare. Look, uh, Muhammad, you are well within your rights. And by the way, if this man is a famous singer. 
hire a videographer. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do your WhatsApp, individual WhatsApps. And he's like, like, again, like, I'm, I'm going to tread in some dangerous water here. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to speculate and say that this old man, look, I'm a certified old. All right. But I think, I'm thinking this old man is a boomer. And no one is more yes. of a menace with these new technologies <laughs> than the boomers. Everything Mark said is correct. Also, it's a she's a famous fucking singer. I assume there's recordings of her singing, right? Like you'd have to assume. You would you'd have, have to, to assume, assume that he he could afford the 999 Spotify account. I have to know who it is. I must <laughs> know. Does Danielle Lanois have a famous singer for a daughter? That's what I'd like to know. I'm trying to think of Canadian uh musicians. Yeah. Charles Aznavour. I, I don't know. Uh, my, my, yeah, I, I'm limited on my French chanteuses. Um, what, to add to this, because I'm, I'm completely on your side, guys. If this guy's a singer, shouldn't he know how annoying it is to be filmed the entire time when he's trying to give a performance? And then shouldn't he also know how annoying it is when everyone else is being disrupted by a bright screen when you're trying to create a vibe up there on stage. Mm-hmm. This guy should know better. I don't think that people should even shoot their kids in in Annie. You know what I mean? Be in the moment. You yes. are putting mm-hmm. this device in front of you when you could be connecting with the kids on stage. It'll be embra- emblazoned in your mind forever. Don't worry about it. You'll remember it. You don't need a record of it. Yeah. That's what I and, and And if you don't remember it... Put on Annie, here <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow, and then just look at a picture of your daughter as you're watching it, and then just imagine it was like, oh, it was like this, but a lot worse. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, we've got more topics to get to. We'll okay. explore them now in our gently paced speed round we okay. call The Chaotic Good. In honor of champions, these are all film-related questions. Oh, okay. Okay, Mm. here we go. Watching a movie with sex scenes on an airplane, is this good? And let me start out by saying this happened to me yesterday. Mm. I was flying from Los Angeles to Montreal. A man in the row ahead of me and to the left of me, so I could see right through that Mm -hmm. hole in the seats. I don't know what he was watching, but boy, did it catch my eye. It was some kind of period piece where... (laughs) I don't know, some some gentleman caller was going to town on a fair maiden, quite explicitly. (laughs) And again, this is on the in-flight entertainment system. It's Ah. not like it's on his iPad. Um, Have you ever been in this situation? Would you you do it? Would would it matter if there was like a child sitting next to you? Or maybe perhaps you'd be traveling with your own child. So what do you Mm. think? Is this poor etiquette? I'm going to say it's good. As long as I can see your hands. I am 100% in favor of it. And I'm like, look, Boogie Nights is one of my favorite films. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for my right to watch Boogie Nights on a plane if I want. You know? Yeah, so you should. Don't you? You can put a mask on your child. I, I say, yeah, I'm fine with it. But the problem, though, the problem, though, is like, I was, uh, what was I? You know what? I was listening to No Dunks on the plane yesterday. I okay. downloaded the episode okay. so I could listen to No Dunks. <laughs> and Please note for the record, he was not listening to Jalen and Jacoby or a Scott Van Pelt podcast. So, And yet he didn't want to put them in the movie. I think it's a little, a little curious, but 
Go on. I'm I'm on on the plane and I'm you know I'm just trying to like just be there and take in the classic. Uh, mm-hmm. But damn, those screens are just so seductive. Like I basically yeah. watched an, an entire season of Curb over someone's shoulder while I was listening to No Dogs. <laughs> like it's really so. Like I get why there there might be a conundrum here because like if I if I do have like a, like I don't I have a 14 year old, but if I had a, like a a seven-year-old or a six-year-old and the screens there that like, I mean, it's really hard not to look. You know, I've sort of, I've become more like Mark where I will rarely watch. I actually rarely watch movies that I want to watch on the plane. And that means that if there's something that I'm actually interested in, or I, Oh, I heard this was good. There's no fucking way I'm watching it on the plane. A, usually they're edited for content. And I thought they edited that shit out. So, Mm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, well, but well, that's that's I agree with you. I don't watch movies on planes I want to see either because I am worried that I'm gonna miss something, but not know that I missed it, which is yeah. even worse. Because you know why, JD? This is because of you. You once told me that I think Rachel watched <laughs> Captain uh, Fantastic, Captain Fantastic, the Vigo Mortensen movie, yeah. and there's a scene where there's full frontal Vigo. Oh, oh. Really? yeah, and. But and she, she didn't, didn't know, know that, that she missed it. And she she was uh and she was like, "Oh, I just watched this great movie on the plane. We got to watch it." And so we all watched it. And then there's a scene <laughs> where he's just he's just standing. It's a pretty funny scene. And he's just standing there, <laughs> cock out. Like, "Good for you, Vigo." But also, like just like, "Holy shit." He's he's like full frontal nudity and she was like on the floor like, "I did not see that." The first time I watched it, which was on the plane, so uh, that, that's like that's Delta tricking you into showing full frontal nudity yeah. to your kids. Yeah, uh, and the kids are watching it too. But we, I mean, we don't care about that stuff. But anyways, uh, I will watch. I will listen to an audiobook or I'll read a book. But I'm I, Mark. You're exactly right. Uh, my eyes are drawn, and I've watched like Wakanda Forever over here, and you know, like. Yeah. Uh, Movies that I haven't seen, I'm going, I'm probably going to get spoilers here, but I don't care. And I can't stop why I can't stop why. Oh, that guy's watching The Born Identity. And then I like to play Name That Movie, where it's just like, oh, what's that? That's like, that's right. Sandra Bullock. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, they did a movie together? Uh, what is this? <laughs> oh, it's The Proposal, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, I've, And I've gone on to IMDb after, like, uh, going, who... What what the heck was that guy in with her? So it's like it's like a game for me now. And uh, but if I if I'm treated to a sex scene, great. That's all. That's all what I say. I, I sit it's, on it's, the aisle. I want to see as many movies as possible. <laughs> you're you're multitasking. It's, exactly. it's, the plane is your multiplex. It is a right. fire hose um, of right. content coming at your face, and you just got you just exactly. got to take in as much as you can. <laughs> all right. Next question. Playing someone off at an award show. Is this good? So Mark, let's say you win an award for champions. You win best screenwriter. Best, oh no, this wouldn't be original screenplay. Best, best adapted, adapted. Best adapted screenplay. Okay, yeah. best adapted yeah. screenplay. How do you feel about the music coming on after you start rambling? I'm of two minds on this one, but, my, but eventually I edge out the other half of the mind. I wanna hear these people speak. For God's mm. sake, like, don't play them off. However, big Stephen A. Smith, however, <laughs> the drama of fighting through the playoff, mm. to me, is, it's gripping. And so, like, if I'm up there and they're playing me off, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I, I have not thanked 
my high school drama teacher. <laughs> I have not thanked the person who did me a kind turn at the beginning of my career. I, I would I would make an absolute spectacle of it. I, it would be Mr. Smith goes to Washington with like constant accompaniment underneath it. And like where and also like what what it does is it turns the maestro and and the these classical musicians kind of into villains. You kind of hate them in that yeah. moment. And where else on earth do you turn like a, a like a, a simple like, you know, flautist in, into like, you know, an absolute <laughs> shitbag villain? You're like, God damn it. Stop it. This person worked all their life for this. Right. So yeah. I'm going to say for the drama, like, I don't care how long the Oscars are. If you care how long the Oscars yeah. are, just don't watch. Stop complaining. Agreed. Show is going to suck. But they're going to be they're going to be really the things we remember. The real drama is that kind of you know, spontaneity of someone having this moment in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that in itself is exciting. But then when you add that little bit of friction, that little bit of conflict, that's when you get the real drama. So yes, yeah. I say playing people off at a yes. war show is good, not to get them off the stage, but to create drama. <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree more. People that love award shows are always saying, oh, let them talk, that's the best part of the show. I say... If we never die, can we truly live? <laughs> yes. Yes. If, if there's no threat that this thing could end at any moment, does it make – is there enough tension? Does it make the speech exciting enough? And exactly like you said, I love the two reactions. The music starts playing. You know, the orchestra comes in. You have people just start speed walking through it. Like, oh, okay. Uh, I just would like to thank my agent and my lawyer and blah, blah, And then there's other people that are like just defiant. And they're like, I'm not going anywhere. Right. I've worked too hard for this moment. And, and <laughs> you and can just... shove that flute up your ass because I'm going nowhere. Like, I want to see someone really like get, get aggressive with it and just like stake yeah. their claim. Where are you on this one, JD? Uh, 100% with you guys. Uh, I, to add to that, the when you see that somebody's blowing it as well, right? Like they're flustered, yeah. And you know the clock is ticking, and then they and then they have to ramp up the thank yous, and then they start speeding up, and I, I, just exactly what you said. The tension is goddamn delicious. Mm-hmm. Keep playing them off, but also keep fighting. All right, let's do one more super quick. At Tim Jarosh asks. Staying for the credits at the end of the movie, is this good? Let's start with, like, when I was a kid, pre-Marvel, when there's end credit scenes. Mm. I have two people in my life, they're both involved in the film world, that will yell at me if I try to get up during the credits. Mm. They tell me that I'm being disrespectful, that I must sit there and watch all the craftsmen scroll endlessly in front of me. Do you agree, Mark? Do you stay to watch the credits? I do. I do. And a hero. I know, right? Um, and I'll say stay to the end of uh, Champions because we do have a very nice little end credits uh, scene that's really fun and sweet. Uh, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you so, didn't stay? I, I, did, I did get the screener. Well, Mark's name came up early in the credits. I didn't stay. <laughs> fine, fine. You can go back and rewatch it. But uh, uh, no, but so, so really, what's, really... what's that? What's the end credits theme? Thanos, Thanos comes and deflates the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it involves um, the character Showtime. That's all I'll say. Um, mm. So no spoilers. Am I wrong that if they want people to stay for the end credits, they should have a banger of a song that kicks in, like? 
Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2 at the end of Batman Forever, right? You see Batman and Robin, they run towards the screen till it goes to black, and then you hear the edge. Now that's a movie. <laughs> so you stayed till the end of... Well, at the end of the song, well, you know, there's the classic. Then they play, like, the, the, the score. song. Yeah. And then they just start going into some yeah. classical bullshit. And then I'm like, all right, let's... They've, we've already seen the actors. Yeah. Like, oh, that was Chris O'Donnell? Okay, now we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before, before kids, I always stayed uh, because I'm a nerd. And I would more be listening to the score, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. You're even a bigger hero than... You know, I don't like to say the words virtue signaling, but this is virtue signaling, <laughs> Where, where do you guys fall on this? Because this is kind of a variation. It's something that happens in Champions where, like, we're going to entertain you through the credits. Like, we have, yeah, some, we have uh, something fun and entertaining. A blooper? Oh, look. Bring back all the bloopers. Bring back Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds, kings of oh all God. bloopers. I'm, you know, I told you, I'm old. So, like, uh, our film has something. Remember, wasn't it super bad where they just had all the drawings of dicks that he did at during the end credits? Is that yes. right? Yeah, 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 or yeah. Hangover with the yeah. fucking Polaroids? Yeah. Like, so you guys are yeah, up yeah, on that. Like, great. entertain me through the credits, even though, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can virtue signal and be entertained. <laughs> Before we let you go, one thing left to do, okay. and that is to play subjective trivia. <laughs> It's just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. I'm not at home. I don't have my cards with me, but I, I do have my answer written on this cute little post-it note. <laughs> Today's question, also inspired by champions, is what is the best part of a sports movie? Your options are down and out coach is offered one last shot. Like that. Training montage. Mm. Inspirational halftime speech. Or a last-second comeback victory. So I need you to tell me what's the best part of a sports movie. Again, the options are Dan and O coaches offered one last shot, training montage, inspirational halftime speech, or last-second comeback victory. What's your gut say, Mark? Wow, I was really thinking about this. I am because these are like, <laughs> like I've been, I've been elbows deep in all of this for a long time. <laughs> been living this, for I've been years. living this, and I'm like, there are like. You know, there are, there are elements to some of these in in Champions, and like part of me is thinking about like what's in in my viewing of the film, what's the, my favorite part of those things. But I have to; it's subjective trivia, so I have to guess what you, Matt, believe to be correct. That is, is that, a, the, that is a strategy, but I find that it works best when you go with your heart, and I go with my heart, and sometimes <laughs> two hearts in this crazy world <laughs> match up together. That's so true. Um, also, Champions, a sneaky rom-com, just putting it out there. Caitlin and Woody, amazing mm. together. Um, oh, the chemistry. Uh, it's a stealth rom-com. Uh, I'm going to go with... Shit. I love them all. I love all sports movies so much. I'm going to go inspirational halftime speech. Okay, he's got inspirational halftime speech. Interesting. Jason Doyle, what do you select? Now, I rarely go with my heart, and I definitely <laughs> always try to guess what your heart <laughs> is telling me. Okay. Uh, I feel like uh, you are... I'm going with Mark here. I think it's inspirational mm. halftime speech. You're a, you're a man who enjoys... Uh, you know, you like to be moved. I think I've been in the office when you've, you've watched the uh, Any Given Sunday speech uh, right there with us. 
just to pump yourself up. So I think it's inspirational halftime speech. Mm. I am so proud of you. You both got it right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Inspirational hey. halftime speech. Amazing. Put that right on my forehead. Wow. No, right. It's, no. it, that's your Oscar clip, right? For your, for your coach right there. I love it. I love <laughs> JD, you are so right. This is exactly what I was going to say. In whatever year that Any Given Sunday came on a VHS, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth out. I did not see in theaters. My mother rented it for me. I put it in that halftime speech. I was just home. I was on Percocet. This was before we knew about opioids. Okay, it was the it was the nineties. We didn't yeah. know. Uh, I, the guy gave me three Percocets. What am I not going to take them? <laughs> take them? I tell you, no, hey, no, I, no judgment no, here, man. One no of my friends were like, "Oh, you got your wisdom teeth out? Can we have the Percocets?" No, right. no one I knew was taking <laughs> prescription drugs. It was a simpler time. <laughs> Anyways, I reround. And watch that scene so many times. I love it. I love an inspirational speech. Um, was honestly, like, I, I don't flinch anymore when, like, a song I love is used in a commercial. But it bummed me out when Serena Williams did that, the Any Given Sunday speech yeah. in a Super Bowl commercial. I don't even remember for what uh, what the product was. Mm. But they didn't, like, say that it was from the movie. Nah. It was so weird. I, I didn't, I really didn't, didn't like it. That speech is, is very important to me because... <laughs> The inches we need are all around us. Um, so that is my selection. So satisfying when we all get it right. Mark, where can people find you and where can people find champions? Okay. Well, I'm not really big on the socials, but I, I do have a Twitter account at Mark V Rizzo. Um, and so, yeah, come follow me. Like if, if I get more followers, I'll start tweeting about shit, I guess. Um, and I can start really like, I, <laughs> interesting. It usually works the other way, Mark, but I like your, I like your plan. I'm nothing usually if not un unconventional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, I and champions premieres in theaters all around the United States on March 10th. Although I, that there's some, I think Thursday night screenings, like sometimes they have that like early, early biz, mm -hmm. but midnight madness. Yes. Yes. And I just want to say we have two inspirational halftime speeches in our movie. And well, so, yeah, true. I like, them, I like them so much. I gave you two, um, one delivered by the amazing Madison Tevlin star in the making. And then of course, one delivered by Woody one, a more conventional inspirational halftime speech, Another one, just a solid ass kicking uh, that I really enjoyed writing. Yeah. And I really enjoyed <laughs> Madison delivering because she's amazing. So, yes, Champions in Theater March 10th. Um, come support uh, another uh, sicko if you guys are like no dunk sickos. And um, just like you guys have created an amazing community over the years. And I feel like weirdly I am a part of that kind of parasocial community. And so like come out and support the community and really like come out and support comedies in theaters. I, I think we all want more comedy, uh, you know, like on mm, the big screen 100%. and like, there's no better way to do that than to like be in a room laughing with people. It's really like, if you want to talk about, is this good? That is unequivocally good. Get out there and see I a think movie. We, we can all agree that seeing a movie with other people and laughing is way more fun than being at home and going, Huh? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a it's smile. It's fun to hear other people it's... laugh. It makes you laugh more. Absolutely. So please, please come out and support the film. Support the um, extraordinary work by Bobby Farrelly, Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olson, and the whole cast. Um, 
you won't be disappointed. Okay, guys, you don't have to stay for these credits. You don't have to stay for these credits. <laughs> uh, are, are you playing me uh, off? Mar- Mar- are you Scooch playing me off? Start I will not yield the floor, <laughs> Senator. <laughs> I'm here to sell this Jesus, movie. Mark. <laughs> If I, if I if I didn't cut you off there, you were about to be like Gaffer, Jake Schwartz, <laughs> S boy. Like God, Jesus. Okay, now you do have to stay for these credits. Okay, if you have topics. Tweet them to me at Starters Matt or email us at isthisgoodpodgmail.com. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks to JD. Thanks to Mark for coming on. Thanks in advance for leaving a five star review. Go see Champions for everyone. I'm Matt Austin, and this was good. We'll see you next week. And now, the post credit scene. <laughs> uh, I am Thanos. I am angry at the Avengers. I will appear in another movie, or maybe a TV show, that you'll have to watch to get the next movie. Bye! Bye! <laughs>